We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 20th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jake Letarski, here today with special guest in for Joe, Alan Soslowski. Today we're going to run down the top waiver wire pickups and fab recommendations ahead of week three of the fantasy football season. Hey everybody, I'm Jake, he's Alan. Uh, Going to get a quick word from our sponsor in before jumping into some Monday Night Football recaps here. Got a word from BroThrow. Have you ever bet on sports with your buddies? BroThrow is the only sports betting platform that lets you bet directly with friends, and BroThrow doesn't take a cut of every bet. No fees, no juice, no middleman. BroThrow is not a sports book. You bet directly against other users with no juice or vig, which saves you a ton of money over time. Betting eleven dollars to win ten dollars stinks. With BroThrow, you bet an additional ten. You bet ten dollars to win ten dollars. BroThrow offers a hassle-free sign-up process that lets you get in the action in seconds, and you don't have to deposit money on BroThrow either. Instead, you pay other bettors directly. Bro, or throw out your first bet and go to BroThrow.com/roto and use Roto uh, as the promo code. BroThrow is free to sign up. Cut out the middleman and start betting on BroThrow. That's BroThrow.com/roto. All right, Alan, thank you so much for joining me. Joe is uh, out ill today, so uh, Alan, I get the pro here to come step in and uh, join me here. Uh, how's everything going today? Uh, I'm going good. I just need some fantasy teams to come through here, uh, dude. I- I've had a rough start, and it's like no fault of my own. It's somebody else's fault. Uh, of course, I didn't you know, make my own picks, but yeah, I think this is a, a good waiver wire. Last week was a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we talked Monday night, I'm going to need your yeah. help. Getting me, yeah. uh, you know, getting me up to speed on the waiver wire because tight end has been a complete headache for me this season. Yeah, I know. I wrote like six options down that we'll get there and we'll kind of debate some of All the right. best ones. But yeah, it is a pretty crazy waiver wire week. Week one's always so difficult because you want to overreact and and uh, you know maybe some of these things are, are mirages and not necessarily true. Joe and I went for like an hour and ten minutes last week trying to like get every name down in the books. Uh, some of those names we got and are still going to be relevant. Some of those names uh, we'll have to go over again. But uh, let's start. Let's start with Monday Night Football here. You know, we got to recap those games uh, since uh, Nick and Jeff have last been on. Uh, starting off with Bills, Titans, 
absolute slaughter by the Bills here. Um, 41 to 7 in the third quarter. And that's when the Titans threw in the towel, put in Malik Willis, Hassan Haskins, you know, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs had monster fantasy days before in basically three quarters here. Uh, yeah, I mean, any takeaways from this? Bills still your Super Bowl favorites? Well, you know what's funny? It's like people uh, I was seeing on social media were getting pissed that their players were getting taken out of the game, their starters. But meanwhile, the reason they're getting taken out of the game is because they got you where they needed to get you. I mean, if you just saw the final numbers, don't get greedy, okay? Don't get greedy. Mm -hmm. The other takeaway for fantasy football, that is, because, I mean, that's why people are tuned into the show, is that I was curious to see if Malik Willis was going to show us something because he had a quarter and a half of opportunity there that if he Mm -hmm. looked the part, and then no one's going to look the part this year against Buffalo. There would have been some of the chatter talking about getting him in there, but I, I don't think that he did enough to even not only to supplant Ryan Tannehill, but mm-hmm. I mean, if they have a if they end up with a top ten pick next year, you know, those who drafted Malik Willis have to understand that Malik Willis can be drafted over another quarterback. But overall, the games went as expected. We're not going to be able to start your players against Buffalo. They're they're going to be a fade. They're a complete steamroller this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're not too worried about Derrick Henry quite yet. I mean, he just kind of ran it. You know, I didn't really think – I'm heavily exposed to Derrick Henry. I didn't really think about the fact that maybe the Titans just won't be very good this year. But, again, I think this one was mostly just matchup here. So I'm not too terribly worried about him. How about you? Yeah, Derrick Henry was a complete fade for me in the first round. I understood why people mm-hmm. were taking him. You know, it's you didn't have to – I mean, if Derrick Henry never got hurt, he was going to be the number one overall pick. It's just mm-hmm. that the option, it, the, the worst, that injury scared me, right? I, I don't like to, yep. to to take a player like that in the first round. I, again, I couldn't tell anybody why not. But now that they traded A.J. Brown, they're really stacking up the box on him. Like you said, you're, yep. you're not going to probably get your full money back. But if Derrick Henry ends up being like the 17th best fantasy player, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. He's not going to yep. lose your league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely there. And, and you mentioned trading A.J. Brown, you know, uh, I got to talk about the Titans options here. I'm starting to warm up on Traylon Burks a little bit. He had a team I six targets and, uh, you know, finished with four for 47. And that was basically at the end of the third quarter when they pulled everybody. Um, that might maybe be a name to uh, think about on the waiver wire when we get going. And uh, of course, the big storyline here, Stefan Diggs, 44 and PPR points and change saved me in a, in a few leagues this week. Any for you? Yeah. If you, uh, if you, we redrafted today, Jake. Would Stefan Diggs be in in play for the number one overall pick? Ooh, I don't think I don't think number one pick, but uh, you know that's a perfect transition to the next game because Justin Jefferson is definitely kind of uh, was in that after looking like that week one against the Packers, and you know some solid cornerbacks the Packers have. Justin Jefferson was pretty much shut down here on Monday night against the Eagles. Darius Slay had a fantastic game here, but you're saying Diggs would be in the number one pick conversation? I mean, Cooper Cup would probably be the number one pick because he just, you know, his his floor, his bad games are like 23 points. So but I think he's Mm -hmm. now, you know, a legitimate top five option. And uh, but you were talking about Justin Jefferson. It wasn't Slay had a a great defensive game, but Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins had really bad game. He was throwing at his feet a bunch of times. I'm not too worried about that one. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, we thought that the Vikings had a chance to be one of these, you know, the like Buffalo level offenses. And, you know, it's just one game. We'll scratch it off. And that's going to happen. Uh, so I'm not overly worried about that. But I think that's more on the yeah. in the hands of Kirk Cousins instead yeah. of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. And uh, he'll get a nice chance to bounce back. I think he's got the Lions next week who have given up. Uh, you know, they've been competitive, but they've also given up a lot of points. And also, it's just. 
it's primetime Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's the narrative. I think he, ah. threw three, he had three three picks and a fumble. I saw a graphic. He's officially 2-10 and ten against the spread in his career on Monday Night Football. It's something about primetime Kirk Cousins. Just uh, it, it's it, There's some weird juju there. So um, otherwise in this game, I mean, it, it, Jalen Hurts, he looked great. Um, Devontae Smith got back involved, you know, after getting zero catches in week one. He caught all five of his first half targets and finished a perfect – Seven for seven for uh, eighty yards, uh, trailing only uh, only uh, Dallas Goddard on the team. AJ Brown had the team high eight targets, turned that into five for sixty nine. He's still solid, but uh, I mean Jalen Hurts is basically vulturing the other fantasy options by getting a pair of rushing touch- touchdowns on his own. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, if we re rank quarterbacks, I, I mean you got to imagine Josh Allen is still number one, and where does Hurts fall into that discussion? Yeah, my preseason ranking on Hertz was QB3. I had a Herbert and Josh Allen right. above him. That doesn't change for me. I know consensus, he was like six. Yep. I got a lot of things wrong so far, Jake, in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts one wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Hurts wasn't one of them. But here's what we learned in that game as well. A.J. Brown, if you took him in the second round or if you're lucky enough you got him in the third round, this was a mm-hmm. floor game. At this point, they are going to feed him the ball, and 12 points is a down game for him. Last year, mm-hmm. down games were single digits, and you weren't sure it was going to happen. A.J. Brown was getting five, six targets. We know now that eight targets is a floor game when Jalen Hurts is going to be mm-hmm. running the football, and they're going to force feed him in most in most days, so you can expect 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. targets from A.J. Brown. He, this is the A.J. Brown we thought we were drafting his rookie year, second year, and third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All those narratives from camp about how they're just targeting him nonstop are really turning out to be true and uh, and and turning out to be excellent here. Um, anything else? Anything else in this one? I saw Kenneth Gainwell had a pretty bad drop late that led to a turnover. Um, you know, he's probably going to be out of that mix. That'll be that'll be a little costly for him. Um, other than that, though, uh, anything else you saw? Yeah, the other thing is that uh, Miles Sanders ended up being one of the better zero running back targets that you got late in your draft. He had 17 carries, 80 yards. Uh, he had a yeah, he got three catches, six yards. So Miles Sanders was written off for dead. The lead running back on a team with a good offense. If you got Miles Sanders in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, man, congratulations! You saw it coming. I didn't. I faded Miles Sanders, and luckily I have him in a few dynasty spots because he looks like one of the right answers for the drafters who went zero running back. Yeah, absolutely, and the the snap shares are up on Rotowire nice and early. Sanders was 54.4%, 23.5% for Gainwell, 22.1% for Boston Scott, so those other guys are still being a little bit pesky here. But when you break down the touches, it's definitely all Miles Sanders. Yeah, exactly right. We're not expecting an 80% snap share from Miles Sanders. That's a three-back mm-hmm. rotation, but when Miles Sanders is in the game, they're giving him the ball. I think 14 uh, carries and, and two or three pass targets a week is basically what you can get. And as we saw last mm-hmm. night, he had you know 17 carries. So Miles Sanders, and the you know he'll he'll get in the mm-hmm. end zone five yep. times this year. I mean, he got zero last year, so yeah, it, it, sure. he's going to. Yeah, when we look back, he's going to be one of the right picks. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he passes the eye test too. He's fighting the holes. He looks spry enough. He's getting away from would-be tacklers. So uh, yeah, definitely seems to be earning that lead back spot here. 
All right, so let's jump to the meat and potatoes here, the uh, the waiver wire portion of the show here. Uh, I took most of these percentages that we'll refer to, percent ownership, uh, from Yahoo Leagues later on Monday night. Obviously, those are subject to change a little bit due to first-come, first-served waivers. We're going to try to stick to options that are under 50% rostered. There might be a few that uh, you know pop up a little bit over that, that that maybe get a mention, but the guys we're going to focus on are under 50%. Let's start off here with quarterbacks. Last week, uh, Joe and I talked about Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz as a stream. Wentz was okay, uh, you know, with those Washington receivers. Ryan was an absolute dud, so sorry about that one. Uh, we got uh, we also discussed Cooper Rush, two quarterback options. I mean, uh, I was forced due to a Dak Prescott injury to pick up Cooper Rush in uh, our Dynasty League, Alan. So, uh, and it looks like maybe I might be playing him over a guy like Jameis Winston. 49% roster. He was a streamer we recommended last week, but he looks a little bit broken to me. He has those broken bones in his back, and he just doesn't look right. He looks like old Jameis. I just want to back you up a second here. Carson, if you guys identified Carson Wentz, that was the right answer. Everybody, yep. Carson Wentz is the QB4 through four games a season. And mm -hmm. this should not be a surprise. I think Carson Wentz has one of the best one, two, three wide receivers in all of football, right? We did. Mm -hmm. This is the Curtis Samuel, Samuel we thought we were getting. Terry McLaurin may not get you the value, but he's still an excellent receiver who's garnering attention. And then, of course, Antonio Gibson is catching passes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole team is doing well. Carson Wentz last year, uh, Jake, was QB 14. That And everyone thought he had the worst year ever. So congratulations on recommending him. He should not be on your waiver wire in single quarterback leagues. I'm thinking about picking him up and benching Aaron Rodgers when I have uh, bad matchups. Mm -hmm. Forget the name value. Let's look at the fantasy value moving forward. Yeah, no, that's absolutely an interesting point and a good call, especially with uh, with Rodgers and Matt LaFleur focusing so much so heavily on the run and doing it with so much success last week. Uh, you know, he got that 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 was ruled a shovel pass and the first one wasn't, you know, those are basically run plays, but you know, you'll take those points, but you're right. That, uh, that becomes an interesting dilemma there uh, this week here. So, you know, looking at uh, the rest of the streaming options here this week, um, you know, their usual suspects don't have great matchups. I mean, Matt Ryan's against Kansas City. Um, looking down the ownership list, Mac, Mac Jones has the Ravens. Daniel Jones has Dallas. Um, the few names that stood out to me, I'll, I'll name a few of them, and then maybe you can uh, pick your favorites or anyone that uh, you're, you're behind. I mean, obviously, Trey Lance, he's out for the season, right? He needs to be talked about in two quarterback leagues because Jimmy Garoppolo, only 5% rostered in, in Yahoo leagues and is next up. His upcoming schedule is is okay at Denver versus the Rams, at Carolina, at Atlanta. So he's a pickup option. I also still think uh, we have to talk about Marcus Mariota. He's at Seattle. Tough place to play, but, um, you know, with the with the running back, what was over there, we'll maybe get to in a second. You know, he's got to run the ball more, and I think, I don't know, they need to scheme him a little bit better because he's got weapons that aren't being used. And also the sneaky one that I found was Geno Smith, only 6% rostered. He's home against Atlanta this week and at Detroit next week, so a pretty favorable stretch. Any of those names stand out to you, Alec? Yeah, I always love Marcus Mariota with the upside in single quarterback leagues. In your Superflex mm -hmm. leagues, he's obviously going to be uh, rostered already. Marcus Mariota, QB 14 through two games, and I think those have been floor games for him. Marcus Mariota yeah. has that 100 yards rushing plus a touchdown plus two passing touchdowns in any game. I I'm not ever mm -hmm. too worried about him, and they haven't even gotten Kyle Pitts going yet. Right, exactly. That's, See, that's what I was alluding to with those weapons. It's amazing that they haven't gotten him going. And yeah, Marcus Mariota, six carries, 16 yards. That's going to be the floor, too, for him.
Yeah, and the other thing, this is this is the important because more and more people are playing super flex leagues. Now you lost Trey Lance mm-hmm. and you think you're dead in the water. Because if you're at a 12 team super flex, there are no quarterbacks on the waiver wire. This is what you mm-hmm. need to do. And listen to me. I want you to put every single dollar of your budget, every single one, to get Jimmy Garoppolo. It's mm-hmm. overpay. The next bid might be 50, 50 bucks if you're putting 100 bucks. You need another quarterback. If you have three quarterbacks on your roster, okay, I mean, um, you might have Daniel Jones or you got Jared Goff. That's fine, but you're going to want a third quarterback, right? Everyone's going to mm-hmm. be bidding high for Jimmy Garoppolo. If you lost Lance, it's time to push in the dollars. Now, I only keep two quarterbacks in a super flex league, Jake, when because yes. I always go because I go two high end quarterbacks. So if mm-hmm. you're going to go like Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance, then you don't always get a third guy. But if you played the mm-hmm. quarterback game, so I think the conversation is more interesting in super flex. But do you agree? You have to push everything in now. Yeah. If, Jaco- if Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett and like you just said, Geno Smith are out there, fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can game the system a little bit, yep. but. Quarterbacks don't come up that often. Yeah, my only super flex league is a is a ten teamer, so it's a little less challenging. And I started off with with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, right? So that was a beautiful final night for me. I broke two hundred this week. Uh, it was fantastic. But um, so, Love the victory so there, that. yeah. So there are uh, there are guys that um, that are out there. There are actual starters on the waiver wire, and um, and that are worth it. I got to check to see if he's available in our dynasty league because. I don't know how much I can trust James Winston playing through those injuries. I don't know how much uh, I can really trust Cooper Rush. So in our single quarterback, 14-team dynasty league, I don't know if I'm going to push all the chips in. I mean, I put like a quarter of the chips in to get Cooper Rush last week just because I needed to have a backup. Um, but but yeah, I, uh, I I hear you. If you're in a 12-team super flex where you can't have starters, yeah, go ahead and, and, and push it in for Jimmy he, G if you need him. He, here's another thing. If you have Mitch Trubisky, like I'm rolling him out in a 14-team super flex, Mitch is on the ropes, man. Like, I'm yep. thinking that at halftime, we could come out. I mean, the fans last week were chanting for Kenny Pickett. Chanting, <laughs> like, pick it, pick it. That was happening. Mitch Trubisky, okay, I, I was for him. I liked his mobility, his upside. So don't think you're safe if you have mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky as your second quarterback or even third. That's another player that you're going to want. Jimmy Garoppolo's don't come up that often. The next couple backups that we might see – God forbid Josh Allen gets hurt. You know, so you're going to see like Case Keenum types. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a top 32 quarterback and he's available on your waiver wire today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Go get him now. You heard the man. Allen is our super flex expert pretty much here. The, you know, the go-to guy for super flex at Rotowire has definitely got the most experience with that here. We're going to get to running backs in just a second. But first, I'm going to stop for a quick word from our friends at Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Sorry about that for the video audience here. That'll be, uh, you know, filled in for the audio there. Uh, we got some running backs to talk about. It's actually a pretty running back heavy week. Last week, Joe and I discussed Jeff Wilson, who, uh, you know, turned out to be very productive and looks like he's probably going to be worth some of those fab bids that are out there. We talked about Jalen Warren, who at the time we assumed Najee Harris had a high ankle sprain, was going to miss several weeks. That didn't quite pan out here, but um I, I'm still holding on to Jalen Warren in a couple leagues because of uh, um, because I just I, I feel that the the Najee Harris thing could break eventually and he'll miss some games. But but you we'll just see. you just said something very interesting right there. Mm-hmm. I too am with you that I do not trust that this is the last time we're going to hear about Najee Harris's foot. Right? I feel like yep. this is going to be popping up. I'm going to treat mm-hmm. Jalen Warren how I treated Alexander Madison for the last three years. Exactly. Yes, very good call on that. I like that, and I'm doing the same. I'm having a very difficult time cut, and I mean, eventually bye weeks are going to come around, and fine, be some some <laughs> difficult decisions. But for now, I'm going to hang a, on to him, however I can. You know, I'm dropping yeah. guys like DJ Shark uh, over him, or uh, you know, we yeah, he's a, some drops in a second. Yeah, but he's a break ahead. glass in case of emergency player that you're going to mm-hmm. want to have on your lifeboat when it starts to sink. That's what, that's. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as we know, Tomlin likes to use one back. I know no one loves Pittsburgh, but when Kenny Pickett does get in there, the offense is going to change dramatically. Absolutely. I, I agree with that uh, 100% here. So also talked about hit on uh, Khalil Herbert, Rex Burkhead, Dontrell Hillard. Of course, Hillard got hurt. Burkhead kind of fell second fiddle to Pierce, at least in terms of the rushes. Herbert was down to around 20% of the snap counts. So um, some of those didn't work out, but of course the headliners did. We got a couple headliners that we have to talk about this week, Alan. And to me, it starts in Arizona. We'll see what's going on with James Conner. Follow his practice report uh, throughout the week here. But the backups um, are uh, Darryl Williams, Arizona. Right? Yes, Darrell Williams and Eno Benjamin. And um, I, I'm not sure I'm buying the narrative. Okay, so I watched your sneaky ads video with Jeff, right? And you guys seem pretty sure that Darrell Williams is going to get the early down work, and that makes him – kind of one of the top pickups for week for this week is that is that what we're so, thinking so that was that was jeff's opinion right Je- and mm-hmm. and Je- by the way jeff's got a great pulse on this thing he likes having the early down back and versus the pass catching back uh mm-hmm. my opinion differs a little bit but i understand where jeff's coming from yeah. he compared it to james robinson and travis Etienne. he said he said to me mm-hmm. he said which one of those guys would you rather have and i said yeah it's because james robinson is an elite running back i don't it's it's time to call him an elite running back like yes. we redrafted today James Robinson is a top 20 pick in fantasy football, right? I mean, he's right there in the conversation with, with Nick Chubb. Uh, that's what I think. So Ooh, yeah. I see, I don't know. It's a little, I love, I like Chubb a lot more, but I guess maybe there's some confirmation bias because I like Chubb before the season. 
Chubb, then you know what? Chubb belongs in the end of the first round, like he usually goes. It was a criminal. Oh, yeah, he, he was criminally going at the end of the third mm-hmm. round uh, for some reason. I don't even know what it was. But back mm-hmm. to the Arizona running backs. Yes, I like the pass catching running backs, especially in this offense. So I think the truth of the matter is nobody really knows. And if Daryl Williams is going to be the preferred option. I'm okay letting the room fight over him and, and spend a quarter of their budget yes. if I can get a 15, 16, 13% Eno Benjamin. So mm-hmm. though, like you pointed out, Jeff likes the early down back, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other mm-hmm. way with this one. Yeah, I'm actually with you on this one, Alan. I expected to get some resistance here, but uh so let's you know, take it from the beginning. Williams four percent rostered, Eno's eleven percent rostered because he was getting maybe a little bit of love uh in the past week as a third down guy that could be productive, independent of uh, you know, Connor's status here. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, I heard all that narrative with Williams getting the early down work. Now, I always read uh Jerry's backfield breakdown every single week. It's one of the most, uh, I think it's one of the most helpful pieces that we offer on Rotowire. And granted, the Cardinals were behind in the second half, um, it, like several scores behind in the second half for most of that game. But uh, Eno Benjamin was getting 64% of the first down snaps in the second half. Now, again, you attribute some of that to being behind, but I don't think it's a lock that Williams gets the uh, early down work. And of course, Benjamin gives you pretty much all that PPR upside. Um, I'm, I'm with Benjamin as well. Uh, what are you thinking for a fab bid? Do you go as high as 10%? I mean, everybody that's listening to this podcast knows the season of their league, right? They, they know how to, fl- the, how people bid. Are they aggressive? Are they, you know, are they timid? Just put a couple of dollars. Is it a 10 team league? Is it, you know, who do you have on the bench? So if I'm going to tell, I'm going to call Eno Benjamin a five to 10 percenter, but if yep. you're in a 14 team league, man, and, and running backs just don't come up, Eno Benjamin is likely to maintain, to, uh, to have a role, even if Connor doesn't miss time. If Connor's mm-hmm. coming back and he's, he's a little bit ginger, I think that you could expect Eno Benjamin to get five to eight, maybe 10 touches a game, including carries and in, in either way, whereas Daryl Williams may see the bench if Connor's back. So mm-hmm. I like five to 10%. If you're in a deeper league, you can go 15%, but in a, just, you know, in a one size fits all seven, 8%. Yeah, yeah, I, I like where you're uh, where you're going with that. And in those deep leagues, he can be a guy that you throw in in the flex, regardless of Connor's status. Four targets in week one and week two. And the interesting part is uh, week two against Las Vegas, he had three rushes inside the twenty and one inside the ten, one target inside the twenty-two. So uh, again, some of that is definitely game flow. But uh, you know, every, everything I'm seeing seems to lean Eno Benjamin as one of the top options here. Let's keep things uh, moving, though, to another running back. This is a higher rostered guy uh, that has came up quite a bit. His name is Raheem Mostert uh, with Miami. He outcarried Chase Edmonds on Sunday at 55% of the snaps and 11 carries compared to Edmonds, who had uh, 51% of the snaps and five carries. Um, I think there are two red flags for me with this. One, it's going to switch off on a week-to-week basis, be a hot hand thing. And two, you have to have very low expectations because they have the bills this week. Yeah, you said it right, Jake. As usual, you're you're speaking <laughs> you're speaking truth and you're speaking logic. Stop doing that. Let's get a little crazy right here. First of all, can we call him Raheem Must Start at this point? Right? I mean, okay. he belongs in your lineup. I know it's the Bills, but Mike McDaniel, the former what was he the offensive coordinator of the 49ers before he came over? Raheem Mostert was his guy, man. I mean, he brought him mm-hmm. over with him. And Raheem Mostert, I think in that game last week, four point seven yards per carry. We know that he can get to the edge. Uh, this. 
they are playing the Bills, <laughs> so he, he might yes. not be <laughs> most start this weekend. But you're going to want to get him uh, on your roster. Uh, I think you what you said is the spot on. It's like it's going to be a little frustrating for fantasy football that none of these guys may have a ceiling game that you could predict. But as you mm-hmm. see that. Raheem Mostert is going to be the preferred option in both the passing game and running game until ultimately, what do we know about Raheem Mostert? What's his Achilles heel, Jake? He just can't stay healthy until he gets hurt. Yep. Right. I mean, last year it was the first play of the season. So, Mm-hmm. You know, it, crack him while you got him, right? So yes, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, throw him out there. And uh, we don't have routes run data in quite yet for week two, but he did run eleven routes uh, week one. And uh, you know, this he, Buffalo game, you can you can make a narrative where they'll be behind and and need to throw to him quite a bit. They both had three targets last week or three receptions. I don't have it in front of me. So the mm-hmm. the cat that was the surprising part that both Edmonds and Mostert got had the same amount of uh, of pass catching work. So if that's going to be and he's going to double his his uh, running output, uh, you're not going to cut Chase Edmonds obviously because we know Mostert mm-hmm. can't stay healthy. Exactly, you're going to want yeah. him, but you're you're going to rest Chase Edmonds on the bench. And Mostert's like a sports car man. He's a finely tuned sports car. If he's not a hundred percent, he doesn't work. So just mm-hmm. one little spark plug goes out. You're going to want to park him on the bench, see what happens. You may not have a better option against Buffalo, but don't expect much next week like you just said. Yeah, absolutely. So what are we thinking for Fab if it's a 10-team league or maybe someone cut him in week one after his uh, you know performance where he was out-touched by Edmonds and you know, not too impressive in week one? I could see that happening uh, you know, for the uninitiated. Is it still a 5-7% type guy? Because that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I would, yeah, I would do a keep them honest bid with Raheem Mostert because someone else is going to pick him up. They're going to pay 15% for him, and then they're going to drop him after a bad week with Buffalo, and then you're going to pick him up the following exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah, looking, you know, we mentioned this a lot, looking at the drops every week is, uh, you know, a great way to get your uh, waiver wire prep started here. Um, now, Joe and I like to go over pretty much all of the names, you know, whether we agree with them being viable pickups or not, just to give everybody a complete picture here. And here's one we can go through a little quick. Uh, Tyler Algier for the Falcons, um, 14% rostered. He had 10 carries on 18 snaps uh, last week here, but um I don't know about you, Alan, but to me, he doesn't pass the eye test. I saw some of those uh, clips that cut together all his carries. To me, he seems to run right into traffic almost every time. You only had one run where you saw a little bit of vision. Um, I don't know. I'm not seeing it here. Can you tell me if I'm wrong on that? Your vision's 2020, my friend. Now, uh, he, he was a college uh, linebacker, you know, before he was a running back. So at BYU, he did. I mean, he was a fifth round pick. He's a fifth round running back that we thought had depth chart clarity. Everyone forgot that Cordell Patterson is treated like a mm-hmm. like a, a full workhorse running back. Now they they Algier was a healthy scratch and undoubtedly will get some uh, a shot at the goal line. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't know exactly his usage yet, but you know it's it's not someone that you can roster except mm-hmm. in the deepest of leagues. Yeah, uh, pretty Algier- much no pass catching upside too, right? Yeah, he's just he's a bowling ball. I mean, he he's there's a lot of smart dynasty guys that do like him. I drafted him, you know, somewhat aggressively in these dynasty leagues, but for for redraft man, especially if Damian Williams makes it back, who they had slotted to be their number one running back, mm-hmm. I think he's somebody else's problem. I wouldn't take him just yet. He'll be useful at some point this season. This isn't it. Yeah, anybody in San Francisco that we want to look at here? Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson came out, got 18 carries. Then, uh, you know, everyone thought maybe Jordan Mason, you know, the the camp hype guy, would get involved. He wasn't involved at all. 
Tyrion Davis Price TDP got 14 carries, and now he has a high ankle sprain, though, so he's going to miss a lot of weeks. In theory, with Jimmy G at quarterback, there'll be less read options, more handoffs here. Is there any interest in deep leagues in Jordan Mason or um, maybe even Marlon Mack off the practice squad? Yeah, this is how, I mean, Jake, you've been playing fantasy football a long time. You're asking all the right questions here for the audience. What you want to do is you want to try to roster. The, the time to roster Jordan Mason, the the rookie running back, was last week. You got him for a buck or 5%. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for him now. You just correctly identified. Third-round rookie, Tyrion Davis-Price is out for a month at least. Could be six weeks. Elijah Mitchell starter out for two months. So we're down to Jeff Wilson, who impresses nobody. He's had his own injury uh, history yes, exactly. here. So next man up is Jordan Mason. He's now time to get – he's a 15-percenter at least. He could be a 20-percenter, and you're not going to be able to start him this week. But if Jeff Wilson goes down, man, he's a 50-percenter next week for teams mm. that are in desperate need of running back. So he's the guy you want – I think that you just said something that I, I hadn't even thought of yet. Uh, Jake, it's brilliant. Marlon Mack, $0 bid, $1 bid, because he's the next man up. You always want to get to the third guy. Mm-hmm. So if you have roster room for Marlon Mack, wow, didn't even think of that one. Very sharp call. Yeah, yeah, that's one that, um, you know, especially in your uh, in your very deep leagues that, uh, you know, you can get them for nothing now instead of having to, you know, pay the farm the following week here. So, um couple other backs we can run through pretty quick here. Jarek McKinnon's only 6% rostered. He looks to be an RB2 in Kansas City and probably the uh, primary handcuff to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, he actually outsnapped Clyde Edwards-Alaire 47% to 44%. The usage wasn't really there. Four carries, two targets. Uh, any fab on him, or is he more of a backup bid? Yeah, I mean, he's going to have a role regardless. I'm in a couple of leagues where I had to roll him out as a starter. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not so sure he's the handcuff as he is the complimentary back right now. For example, like yeah, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire went down for the count, we might see Isaiah Pacheco uh, mm-hmm. get you know 10 to 12 carries. Right now, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He, it's his show. Uh, they're going to sprinkle in Jarek McKinnon. And, you know, if, if you're in, in lean times and you need that 8 to 12 points, Jarek McKinnon's your guy. I think he's a 5% or less. And Isaiah Pacheco, which I know you have on your list, he's someone that I've added for $0, $1, because he was dropped last week. He's probably on the waiver wire now. And he's the one one injury away guy in my judgment. Mm -hmm. The one injury. Okay, that's fair. Because I was thinking like, okay, so you mentioned Pacheco. I was going to ask if he was on your cut list by any chance here. And um, you're you're still trying to hold out. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's cuttable. You can't hold everybody, Jake, right? You can't yes, hold exactly. anybody. But so, but if you, what I like to do is I like to go lean and mean at wide receiver when I draft, right? So I have my wide receivers. I only carry three or four wide receivers. And then I load my bench up with guys that are one injury away for, you know, as they call it, like tomorrow's news, right? Of being um, mm-hmm. the, the starter. So, you know, I'm still holding on to guys like Sony, Michelle, Pacheco, where I can. I know not everyone has a, you know, a deep bench. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that those guys are going to give you any fantasy production today. But this time next week, when you're here with Joe, you could be talking about them as the number one pick, the number one. Yeah, absolutely. Waiver I always try to identify a couple possible cuts just because, you know, they, that's often the hard part of these decisions here. You know, uh, the, you know, the Baltimore guys, Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, those guys can go. Yes. I would hold on to Khalil Herbert if I could, but his yep. snap count and usage certainly wasn't encouraging week two. Um, you know, Jerry and his backfield breakdown mentions, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is getting the highest uh, snap share of any running back in the National Football League. So are we can we afford to handcuff him with Foreman and Chuba Hubbard when we don't know exactly who it's going to be afterwards? That could be a decision you might have to make. And I'm definitely not advocating cutting Rashad Penny, but 
that looked like a full-on committee in Seattle this week with Kenneth Walker back and even Travis Homer getting in the mix here. So there's there's some names that uh, you know maybe you could be forced to part ways with to get some of these uh, receiver pickups that we'll get to in a bit because there are, are definitely some big pickups there. Um, any other any other any other cuts or anything else on running backs before we move on, Alan? Yeah, if you're if you have a wide receiver, you you talked about DJ Shark, right? He had a great mm-hmm. week one, a zero in week two. I mean, if you if you picked up on spec like a Paris Campbell, the wide receivers that you really have low confidence in, those are the guys you want to cut. I'm yep. with you. I'm not ready to cut the Khalil Herberts. We just talked about it a second ago. One injury away players that can be uh, projected for 15 touches if the starter goes down. Those are guys that you want to roster on your bench. The wide receivers that you just don't know. I mean, if you have to pick them up on game day, that's fine. Those are the type of players I'm looking to cut. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get to wide receivers in just a second, but first a word from our friends at Vivid Seats. Hey, football fans, get your jerseys on and your tailgate snacks ready. That's right, NFL season is back, and so is your chance to score tickets with Vivid Seats. Download the Vivid Seats app or visit vividseats.com to see your team's schedule, compare tickets, and secure your spot in the stands. As the only ticketing company with a reward program, Vivid Seats is the winning app for NFL fans like you. Earn credit when you buy 10 tickets, then cash it in to catch more games all season long. With tickets from Vivid Seats, you'll go from watching the game to being a part of it. Go to vividseats.com or find us in the App Store to browse unbeatable seats. We'll see you in the stadium. All right, wide receiver time here. I think some of the best pickups hey, Jake, here from... Oh, yeah, go before, ahead. Before I, You know what? Someone asked a great question on Twitter. I just want to... Yes, oh, if, yeah, Tua, yeah. if Tua is there, they want to go back to the quarterbacks, pick him up. In single quarterback leagues, I think that like it's not just that he had a good game, a six-touchdown game with those wide receivers. That's your priority pickup for the quarterback 20% even in a single quarterback league if you're having troubles. So I you know, I didn't count Tua because he was drafted in a lot of leagues, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, there are... I could see why he might be on the waiver wire in single quarterback. Exactly. I just checked uh, for the heck of it. He's 63% rostered. Yeah. So it doesn't quite meet our threshold, but yeah, you're right. I think that's the no brainer here. Yes. Even if he has bad games, the weapons there are going to be just absolutely outstanding. I, so overall, those guys that, we yeah. talked about, you know, Jimmy, Mariota. Yeah. Two is your guy. It was just, you know, because Tua is, mm-hmm. you know, taking a lot of crap for being a bust. And then it's he didn't just announce himself. He slammed down the door last week. So that, I just wanted to yes. make that point. On to yeah. the wide receivers. So I'm sorry yes, about that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, th- no thank you for um, – I've, I've kind of got uh, the, the, the Twitter and, and YouTube and Facebook questions off to the side on this one so we can get through ours. But if you see a good one, definitely stop me yeah. here and uh, and we'll keep moving and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get to that for sure. We always appreciate the listener questions and the comments here. All right, so last week we talked heavily about Jarvis Landry, who had good week one, then kind of fell off a little bit. We talked a lot about Devin DuVernay, who ran that opening kickback, looked awesome. Talked about Josh, or uh, I'm sorry, um, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. Uh, we talked about DJ Shark. He's probably moving to the cut list. Robbie Anderson touched on, on Dorge. So some of these guys are still interesting. I mean, I'm still interested to some degree in uh, Devin DuVernay, but uh, he, I believe, uh, got injured, if I remember this correctly. Yeah. Had to leave yeah. that game early. So, um, you know, I have to, have to be careful on that. Um, 
the thing with Landry and the Saints uh, wide receiver situation is that, uh, you know, I thought that, I thought it would take a little longer for Olave to really uh, come through atop of that. And he ended up leading the team with 13 targets and Jameis was targeting him on, uh, on deep routes too. So that makes me a little uh, less, I don't know if I'm putting Jarvis Landry down on my cut list yet because there's still some PPR utility, but I'm definitely not as high on him as I was at this point last week. Yeah, I mean, last week's game against the Bucs was a total S show, right? I mean, as far yeah. as it was 3-3 through most of the game. And what we saw is when Jameis is going to open it up a little bit, I mean, Jarvis Landry is going to be a player that he's going to, you know, target there. I mean, you know, we hear a lot about J- Jameis' broken back, by the way. So I just want to give a little clarification on something that I saw on Twitter. Again, yes. we're not we're not doctors, we're not medical experts, mm-hmm. but I thought this was interesting, is that right. you, you've seen, like, look at, think about, like, a traditional skeleton that used to be, like, in your biology class in high school. And you know mm-hmm. those little, like, knobs that are on the back of the spine? Those yep. are the things that Jameis has that are, that are fractured. So it's not like his mm-hmm. back is broken. It's those little nuggets on the back of things. So that can be pain managed, right? I mean, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So Jameis is going to be fine on game day. I'm sure it's a little discomfort leading up to the week. So any of the ancillary pieces Mm -hmm. that are attached to Jameis, and I agree with you, I'm not ready to cut bait on on, uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, That just game you knew was going to be a a slugfest Mm -hmm. and a defensive and and the under, you know, kind of came in, so. Yeah, I was probably overrepresenting the Jameis thing. It, and at the very least, made me cringe every time he took a big sack and had a three hundred pound lineman <laughs> fall on top of him. I'm like, that has got to, that has got to, because I, because I've been that lineman crushing people before, <laughs> and uh, I just, yeah, from the other end with a, with a broken back like that. Anyway, though, let's get to um, arguably our top pickup for the week here and our cover boy, and that is Garrett Wilson from the Jets here. He had a team high fourteen targets, uh, finished with eight catches for hundred two yards. Two touchdowns. Elijah Moore, his main competition. On the other, uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, wasn't really super involved in this contest. Now, when we talk about the Jets, we have to talk about the fact that uh, you know Wilson will probably be back in a couple weeks, and who knows what their preferences will be different, uh, you know, between Flacco and Wilson. But uh, Garrett or, or Zach Wilson, I should say, because Garrett Wilson. Um, he looks like uh, a guy that could defy that and might not matter. I mean, he seems to pass the eye test. He looks great. Um, I guess, we, you know, are, are you with me on this, Alan? And, you know, are, is he the top overall target this week? All right. Full full disclosure here, Jake. I was in full fade of Garrett Wilson in redraft and even in dynasty. And I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of Jets bias attached to that, that the Jets mm-hmm. haven't been good. And, Garrett Wilson was one of the top wide receiver prospects of the last three or four years, right? And he was drafted in the top 10 of the real NFL draft. He's a player. He has high, he's yep. got more, he has more draft capital than Elijah Moore. Let's forget that. We just saw Elijah Moore last year and we were very impressed. I think you are right to say that Garrett Wilson, I mean, he is going to be the true alpha here. That's what we're seeing. He's, he's commanding targets. Now, the big, I guess the elephant in the room is that we're going to have a quarterback change, but not while the Jets are winning. That was one of the best comebacks. I mean, so unjets like, wasn't it? That was like such exactly. an, an unjets like occurrence. I mean, I, yeah, I had completely he, written them off, you know, even, <laughs> even against the Browns. Like he, I had basically taken a slight nap, you know, after lunch in the late red zone run, I wake up and I'm like, what the heck just happened here? I would have never was, guessed that one. Funny enough is that if you were watching the direct TV Sunday ticket feed, it, it crapped out for an hour. You may have missed the end of that. So it, it, it was, uh, I, you obviously weren't watching. Were you watching on Sunday ticket on direct TV? I was just watching, I watched Red Zone on YouTube TV. 
That's yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, you had it, but the direct TV, so was good. Yeah. The direct TV Ooh, subscribers, geez. I think missed the end of that game, which is crazy. And that is, I don't that think it's got to be infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Back to Garrett Wilson. Yes. All right. You know, like it's adjusting to what we, what we didn't think was going to happen in the preseason. That's what fantasy football is. It's trying to adjust before anyone else does. Um, it's not often a wide receiver that's going to command eight to 10 to 12 targets. A game comes up on the wide receiver that uh, on the waiver wire, Jake, I, I'm a I'm a drunken sailor with my spending. There's one mm-hmm. league I'm in. I'm going a hundred percent fab on him. Now I'm not recommending you do that in your league, mm-hmm. but if you want you want Garrett Wilson on your team, I don't care who the quarterback is. The genie's out of yep. the bottle. Don't be late to adjust. Go get Garrett Wilson, whatever that means, especially if you need wide receiver help. Right on. See, I was thinking in my head 30 to 35%, but I don't think that's going to cut it. Like, you know, 14 team stake league. Actually, I'm sure he's picked up in there, but uh, yeah, I don't don't think that's going to cut it. So, and always, I I like your drunken sailor philosophy. I think we need to, we need to patent that and and write a, and write a book or a thesis or whatever, because uh, early in the season, weeks one and two, you're picking up guys that could be game changers for 16 more weeks, right? You know, you're not, uh, you're, you're not saving your money for the end of the season, you know, for your big guy in week 14, although that could help in the playoffs, you're picking up starters for potentially the rest of, uh, you know, the rest of the week, the year here. And, um, you know, just looking at the trends here, Garrett Wilson went from only 48.1% snap count up to 63.6. Elijah Moore is still the leader in that. And actually Corey Davis is on the field even a little bit more, but Garrett Wilson's making the plays and, uh, you know, 14 targets is is not something to uh you, you know to to just brush off it's something that uh absolutely means he will continue to get uh heavy usage there so great choice for the cover boy top overall pickup man 40 percent fab here or or 100 if you want to do the drunken sailor philosophy but well again uh, it's like will you be if you spend let's say you put in 35 and someone else puts in 38 it, it you see, if you're okay, here's a, a little caveat to that, right? Because there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people watching this and listening to this. Yes. If your league allows zero dollar bidding and you need a wide receiver, put every single dollar that you need to do to get Garrett Wilson. And, and in the leagues I'm in, that's 90% mm-hmm. plus of fab. If your league does not allow zero dollar bidding, Good right? Call, you have yep. to do a minimum of one dollar. You may want to hold back 10%, 12% just because you're going to have buys and injuries. But understand, you're going to have to think a week ahead. You're going to have to go get Jordan Mason before he's a thing. You're going to have to go yep. get players. At, now, it takes a little bit of experience and skill to do that. But I know everyone listening to this podcast has that skill. They practice fantasy football. They've been doing it for multiple years. And what I'm saying is that Garrett Wilson could be this year's Elijah Mitchell, meaning the player that emerges in early fantasy football waiver wires that you're going to need to have if you want to be a, a championship contender. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, potential league winner, absolutely. So um, let's look at some other wide receivers that, uh, you know, nobody's as, as attractive as uh, as Wilson this week. But um, one guy that jumped out at me was Michael Gallup at 27%. Maybe I'm insane because Cooper Rush is the quarterback, but I really think Dallas – Hasn't quite had a wide receiver to break out. Now you have Dalton Schultz kind of tending to a knee injury. Michael Gallup could be back from his injury in week three. Is he someone that you're going to prioritize at all if he's out there? Only 27% rostered. So uh, a week ago, I would have told you, Jake, I said, we need to get the uh, medical examiners in here and examine you because I think you've gone crazy. Uh, But, you know, Michael Gallup is interesting. Um, I usually don't lean into the injury guys, but with the injury to Dalton Schultz, 
this makes uh, a, a credible pass catcher like Gallup mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting. I'm not so sure you're going to have to pay anything more than a buck or a zero dollar bid mm-hmm. to get him. The problem is Gallup himself is, you know, usually the athletes are like so optimistic. He has not been that optimistic and he's going to be eased in. I don't think that he's like a push people out of the room to go get him player. But if you have the bench room, I think you can get him for a buck and it's a good hold. But as we saw, Noah Mm -hmm. Brown, who, who, who came onto the fantasy scene last Thanksgiving showed again that he's a credible NFL receiver. We don't know who Cooper rush has chemistry with. So I like the idea of adding Gallup, but I don't think you're going to have to crack open the piggy bank to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. You know, and all these guys that we're talking about are really just kind of uh, backup bids for Wilson at this point. So uh, something in there. And yeah, Noah, Noah Brown, 88 and 85% of the snaps. So he's definitely involved. But I think that's what Gallup cuts into uh, when the time comes. Another name that's came up a lot is only 35% roster. That's Jacoby Myers from New England entering Monday. He's tied for 13th in the league with 19 targets for two weeks through two weeks. He's been, you know, the, the knock on him is that he doesn't score touchdowns ever, but especially in full PPR leagues, I think he had 18 points in full PPR and he's going to be a very consistent force here for me. And I think he's worth an add too. Yeah, no, you said it right. Jacoby Myers is such a boring pickup that I I love guys like this, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. all right, so you're going to get two touchdowns, four touchdowns this season if you're lucky. But look at the targets, man. 13 targets, six targets. You saw your floor and your ceiling game from him right away. I love it if you have him as your wide receiver four. But I'm in a pinch, man, in some places where I lost Mike Evans next week, right? He's suspended for one game unless that appeal goes through by the time you've heard this. Mm-hmm. I need a wide receiver that has a there reasonable floor, and Jacoby Myers is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in a league where uh, I've got uh, Godwin injured and I've been rostering DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, I am, even though it's only a 10 team league, it's full PPR. And I'm perfectly confident putting Myers in as my wide receiver three here. Uh, a couple other options. Here's a, here's a sneaky ad that you guys talked about the other day. Uh, Sterling Shepard is 11% rostered. Basically, my question is, is, is Sterling Shepard who we thought Kadarius Tony would be? Shepard is out there for 87.1% of snaps. He was he's the guy that Daniel Jones is looking at. And Kadarius Tony is an afterthought and arguably a drop candidate at this point here. But is, is Shepard the guy you replace him with? Could you see a one for one swap there? Yeah, I mean, you know, Sterling Shepard and James Robinson are single or double-handedly rewriting the narrative on Achilles injuries, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what the real story is here now. Sterling Shepard, it's not really an upside play, but I you know what? Brian Dable has really come through in the first couple of weeks, right? He has this yeah, team. It looks like it. Yeah, he's one of the coaches that you if you're the giant, if you're a giant fan, you're happy you have him. You have the exact opposite feeling last year or the year before when they hired Joe Judge, right? So <laughs> yes, exactly. Sterling, I don't think that Sterling Shepard possesses the upside that Kadarius Tony has. I mean, when you see Kadarius Tony, just in the few touches he gets, it's always so electric. And I gotta figure that could this be like a what we saw last year with Brandon Ayuk with Kadarius Tony? Like he's in the doghouse and then post by mm-hmm. just has that mega breakout. I agree with you. It, it could be time to cut bait with him, but you're going to be sick when someone else picks him up, Kadarius oh, yeah. Tony, and has Sterling Shepard's fine. I mean, I, I think that he's wor- he's certainly worthy of a roster spot, but as you saw, um, I mean, look, yeah. he's playing he's- ten targets. That's there. It's it- it's not who are they playing next week. Yeah, they're playing Dallas. Sure, if you're in desperate times, it's not someone I'm putting more than five, four, three percent on to pick him up. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Shepard warrants a uh, mention, and he's definitely worth 
having a head of dead roster spot. And if you have Shepard and Tony on your team, I think, uh, you know, maybe Shepard is the guy you put in your lineup this week, but I'm not quite sure I agree with cutting Tony quite yet. Um, just a couple more receiver names. Uh, Rondell Moore, very similar uh, to Michael Gallup, at least in my eyes, except for a more favorable quarterback play. Uh, I guess we'll see because the Call of Duty uh, beta thing comes out this week. So it doesn't Kyler Murray have a terrible correlation with that? But um, we'll have to see about that. But anyway, Rondell Moore has missed the first couple of weeks. Um, he's only 20% rostered, could be back this week. He's pretty similar to Michael Gallup. Do you have any preference, at least when it comes to those two? Yeah, I mean, fantasy football, injuries are going to find you. So I, I never lean into injuries. And I'm sure you'll find a lot of you know great players. Uh, you know, Joe Bartle, who does this podcast with you, I ha- I've had this discussion with him many times, and he he doesn't agree with me. He He's someone that he'll he'll take the injury discount and i don't blame him for it he shows a good player he's always in the top the top part of the leagues but mm-hmm. uh, if you're you're asking me the advice that i give the audience is your go- injuries are going to find you don't go look for them these guys have to show me i'm not willing to to take rondell moore michael gallup these types of guys because you can't play them the first week you pick them up and then what happens when they that first week if they have like 3 for 25 mm-hmm. right yep. you can't play them the second week then that third week they have a good game on your bench, and then you put them in, they have a bit, and then you're just basically and then before you know what they're hurt again, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So if you're desperate, if you if you believe in the upside of these guys, you want to take a shot. I understand. It's just not how I fading injury optimism will always make you money in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I can definitely see that philosophy. I'm holding Rondell Moore in a 12 team keeper league that I can get away with using the IR spot at least. Yeah, because IR is um, different story. Yeah, because it's a key. I mean, we only get two keepers, but he's someone that I still think has a good amount of ceiling there. And I have him in a 14 team uh, just redraft too because I have Kyler Murray and I wanted a little pair there. So uh, you know, that's where that's where I'm holding him. But I was surprised to see him, you know, at 20 percent uh, given you know some big playability and. Ceiling there, but uh, you know that, that that is a good philosophy though too, Alan. I can see uh, wanting to be you and, know, injury averse. And by the way, I, I faded Joe Burrow last year, and I was completely wrong. So yeah. you know, I faded. Well, I faded I'm, Jamar Chase last year. Everyone can take their lumps, right? Right, right. I'm just saying, like he was. I, I just meant like coming off the ACL injury from the previous oh, year. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. fa- I was fading injury optimism, and you know what? In the first month of the season, I was right, but then I wasn't right. So. Yep. I'm just saying over time, fading injury optimism is a plus EV proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a question in the chat, and I, I thought yeah. this was interesting on the topics of wide receiver. Cole Beasley was signed to the practice squad at Tampa Bay with all their injuries and suspensions. I mean, Cole Beasley is a professional wide receiver. In in your three receiver, 14 team leagues, 12, you know, if you're if you're desperate at the position, w- is he worth putting a bid on? I'm unsure. I, I'm want to get your take on this on Cole Beasley, who you know, he's 33 years old at this point. I mean, but he is playing with Tom Brady. He's like a young kid on this team, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm kind of out on that because, one, Mike Evans is having his appeal heard today. We don't know uh, exactly how, uh, you know, that might go. Um, and then I still think, I mean, for at least one week, you have Perriman and Russell Gage and yeah. uh, even Scotty Miller. These guys, you know, maybe not like Darden and Geiger. Like, those guys are still going to be ahead of the guy they just signed. And then you think two weeks down the road, and then you're probably getting Evans back, and you should have Julio back as well. So, like, how far down? And, and they might even have Godwin back. You know, if, if we look, if we look two weeks, you know, if we're looking at week four, by the time Beasley has enough time to get acclimated, then all of a sudden he's wide receiver four again. And 
maybe there's maybe there's room here, but uh, I don't think it's for me unless there are just no other options and I'm picking him over some other kind of dead weight on my bench. Yeah, it was someone that I took note of, but it's, you know, no other team knocked on. The only guy that would be, if he was signed off the scrap heap that I would be uh, proactive to get would be Will Fuller. Even though he, he's on the back of a milk carton at this point, no one even knows where he is. He might be walking the earth somewhere. But mm-hmm. uh, Will Fuller is the only player that's unsigned right now that I would be interested in and put a, a reasonable bid on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there here. Uh, real, real quick. I, I put Sammy Watkins on the list because historically the wide receiver two in green Bay has been, uh, you know, productive and, you know, yeah, you want to talk about injury history and not letting injuries find you. I mean, he did, he did lead the snap count in week one. He was number two week two, uh, with, uh, Lazar Alan Lazard back. Rogers seems to, uh, trust him more than the rookies and possibly rightfully so the rookies each only, you know, Watson and dubs got a, just a couple of touches here. I saw even a quote Sammy Watkins had about how the receivers are expected to block and how he actually enjoys it. There's still some prime years here. Um, but for me, that's somebody that like, uh, again, maybe wide receiver three deep flex. Um, I'm not crazy interested, especially given the, uh, the revert to the run, run heavy offense. And the fact that these uh, running backs are getting a ton of targets as well. Yeah. I mean, Sammy Watkins is a very, he should be rostered in most leagues, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we know that. And, and while he's, you know, I mean, he's only getting, you know, a handful of targets, three, four targets, but he's been mostly productive i mean he had 90 yards in that last game he he absolutely until he he's like the wide receiver version of raheem mostert right until yeah yeah, until it's like use him while you got him if you need him and then when the uh, inevitable injury strikes you just it's an easy cut Yep. Yep. Right on here. So, uh, some cuts, you know, we talked about Tony, maybe hanging on to him a little while shark being a possible cut. Mm -hmm. Um, sky Moore's on my cut list this week. He didn't even catch a pass. Uh, I mean, he, at least in redraft, you know, maybe he catches on a little bit later, but it's looking like that one might be a dud. So I wanted to ask about more. And then how is your patience running thin with Darnell Mooney at all? Yeah, it's funny. Jim Jim Coventry and I, uh, Tuesday night, that's tonight for anyone watching live, will be on SiriusXM hosting. And one of the topics that we're going to literally put our boxing gloves on and and I think we're going to actually fight is over Darnell Mooney. Uh, my friend Jim Coventry is having a little bit of take lock on Mooney. He, he yep. the heat the bold case for Mooney is that that first game was you know a slip and slide, and the second game was against an elite defense in Green Bay. So he wants he's giving him one more shot. To me, I agree. He don't cut him yet. But if he doesn't do it this week, he is cuttable. I mean, mm-hmm. he could have some value at some week, and I wouldn't make you know make him my first cut. But I was a little dubious on Mooney to start, so maybe I'm a little mm-hmm. biased. It, I mean, he should get the targets, Jake, but yeah. you can't you can't start him until mm-hmm. you see it. At yeah, when point. when what if Fields only throw eleven passes on Sunday night or something like that, despite them being down for pretty yeah. much the entire second half. So yeah. that's uh, that's kind of pretty damning in itself. And uh, here you go. I'm I mean, gonna, I'm I got some. I've got some Packer bias, and I, I didn't touch Mooney at all this year, so I'm just enjoying that. Yeah, I'm going to give you a good uh, a good uh, Bears thing that you just hit on it, but this comes from Dwayne McFarlane on Twitter. He said, 20 dropbacks per game through two weeks. This is the Bears. That's 18 below the NFL average, right? Ooh. Passing 46% of the time when trailing by four or more. 25% below the NFL average. Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are dead. That was the tweet. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen the words college offense, even high school offense come up yep. a bunch of times the, there. They're not quite ready to let field loose, fields the, loose. So Yeah, the funny thing about Cole Komet, he doesn't block either. 
So I saw a funny tweet that says, sir, what exactly do you do here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that is uh that's a very memeable quote there. All yeah. right, we're gonna get to tight ends here. Great transition there. I got a quick word from our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. First, football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all of the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, there's plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. At daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. That's promo code RWNFL. So, what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. All right, Alan, tight ends. Last week we talked uh, a lot about Gerald Everett, OJ Howard. Um, Everett looks like he's going to be a viable, startable, you know, top eight tight end here every week for the chargers. So um, I would definitely look to go, uh, you know, I would check your league to see if he's available first and he's at 58% rostered. So he doesn't quite make our cut. I think he's the top tight end pickup, but there are a handful of other guys uh, that we, that we like a little bit. Mike Jasicki is one 27% rostered. He came back and uh, pretty much had a comeback game. You know, Tua found him in the back of the end zone. Phenomenal catch. I, I like him in the red zone. It'll be tough to rely on a little bit week to week here, but are you on Gusecki or are there any of these other options here? Because there are a handful of options this week that you could replace Cole Komet with or others. By the way, I knew the question was coming and I'm starting to see it show up in all our YouTube videos. By the way, if you if you love videos like this, consider hitting the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Jake and Joe are on every week. We have a ton of other uh, great podcasters. So if you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you like. If you don't, move on, right? Who cares, right? It, uh, Thank you very we, much, Alan. I, yeah. I appreciate you getting the plug-in. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, we're starting to get questions on the YouTube page about, should I bench Kyle Pitts for Gerald Everett? It's happening. And you know what? <laughs> it's a reasonable question. And if you have the stones to do it, do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just that I will... I want to say I will probably need two people to come into my home and bring me out with a straight jacket. If Kyle Pitts has that big game on my bench. So yes. I would rather go down with the burning ship than have him mm -hmm. go off on my bench. That said, uh, yes, you correctly identified Tyler. Um, Gerald Everett is, is now in that top 10. You plug him in every week until he fails you. Mm -hmm. But I think the top pickup, if you're not going to include Gerald Everett is Tyler Higby. He's the seventh overall tight end right now. He's gotten a total of 11 and nine targets. So he's averaging 10 targets a game. What more can you ask from your tight end? While Van Jefferson's mm -hmm. out, that's their wide receiver three on the Rams. It has been Higby that has been sucking up those extra targets in the middle of the field. This isn't an upside play, Jake. This is a single and it's okay yep. to hit a single. Safety. At the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We okay talked about to... Jacoby Myers. This is a similar vein, you know? There not you everyone go. on your lineup is going to have a 40-point ceiling every week, but it helps when you're not taking ones and twos in some of these roster spots, and these guys are going to get more than that. That's right. A tight end is a complete headache for tight end punters like myself, unless you took Kittle or Mark Andrews or you waited to the fourth round to get Darren Waller. Tight end has been a complete headache. This will make this mm -hmm. is Tylenol for the next couple weeks. 
Yes, the only uh, the only thing with Higby, 67% rostered here, so the availability is definitely drying up. Um, so there, we might have to look at a couple other options if you're looking, if you have to stream a tight end, for example, if you're a Dalton Schultz owner, or that comes into play. Um, fortunately, he seems to have avoided the really long-term injury, uh, but you know, you might have to plug and play here for a week. So I have a list that starts with Jasicki, Evan Ingram, 21% rostered at the Chargers, uh, Logan Thomas, remember he got that really really big contract and uh, Carson Wentz seems to be playing well over there. He hasn't quite seen the volume yet, but he's only 14% versus Philly. I'm not so sure about Hayden Hurst at 16%, uh, you know, against the, uh, or, or for the Bengals here. Um, they just seem to have too many pass catching options. And I know um, in the, in the sneaky ads video, I believe you guys mentioned uh, Tyler Conklin as well as seen some, uh, some volume there. Anybody, from that list you're targeting at all Tyler Conklin six catches for 40 yards I mean that's not terrible that's a you know a nine point week so yeah what do you Tyler, think there? Tyler Conklin owned in less than five percent leagues is the definitely if you're if you're on the Titanic with with the tight end and it's gone down Tyler Conklin is definitely the life preserver Joe Flacco is feeding him a 20 percent target share over these two games and Joe Flacco is the starter until further notice even if Zach Wilson's ready to come back and the Jets are winning or being competitive they're not going away from Flacco. They're going to say, oh, we're giving Zach. This is the perfect situation to not rush him back. So Conklin, with your 10 points a week, everything I just said about Higby applied to Tyler Conklin. He's a preferred target. And I had some people ask me, they said, what happens when Zach Wilson comes back? It was actually Tyler Conklin that was showing chemistry with uh, Zach Wilson in the preseason. Now, the other player that we mentioned in our Sneaky Ads video, which if you're on the YouTube channel, you can get right now, is Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, and you just mentioned him, eight targets last week. He was running more routes than Zay Jones, who was presum presumably the number two wide receiver on this team, right? Mm -hmm. Evan Ingram is a player. Now, it's again, the Jaguars are improving every week. Ingram's out there uh, in most leagues. So he's the other guy that if you're in a league where all those other guys are rostered, Ingram and Conklin are the two guys. I agree with you. Hurst is not a viable option, only in the most desperate situations, yeah. just because he's mm -hmm. a bangle. Yeah, and I know uh, two tight end leagues exist, so I just want to throw I'm out because them. I have an awesome factoid here. Uh, of course, Dalton Schultz went down. Technically next up in Dallas is former Wisconsin Badger, Jake Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. He's actually the grandson of Barry Alvarez, you know, the mm. one of the all-time great program coaches. And, I mean, hey, at least in, in college he passed the AI test, so I have no idea what kind of chemistry he has with Cooper Cup, but um, he's 0% roster. Just throw in there Cooper Rush, sorry. Yeah. Cooper Rush. I'm sure I'm not the first analyst to say that this week here. <laughs> uh, okay. but you, no, you're right. Ferguson's a dynasty darling. A lot of the uh, you yeah. know, dynasty bros like him, so I love that. You, mm -hmm. you know what? Because not just two tight end. Cooper Rush, we don't know. A lot of times the backup quarterback has chemistry with the backup players. Mm -hmm. So in when they're running with the twos in camp, it could be Cooper Rush who had chemistry with, uh, with uh, uh, what's his name, Ferguson, right? That's it, Jake Ferguson? Yeah, Jake so, Ferguson, yep. Yeah, I like, you know, I mean, if you, if you get shut out on all those other guys, it's not that you're mm -hmm. going to start him, but if Dalton Schultz yeah. is out, you may want to roster him, not just in two mm -hmm. tight end. I love that call. Yeah, first come, first serve guy that, yeah, might even fly under the radar in, in two tight ends. So, 
All right, so that uh, hopefully gave you some tight end options. We'll real quick hit streaming defenses here. Um, last week, there seemed to be some obvious ones, you know, going with the Bengals, Steelers, and Browns. Turns out they weren't so obvious after all. This week is another tough week. Now, I've seen people wanting to stream both sides of the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants matchup. I think Jerry, when he did his streaming defense article, uh, ranked the Giants number three and the Cowboys number four. I can see wanting to take the home team in that matchup. Um I'm slightly interested in some NFC North teams. Minnesota uh, is home where they play very well. Uh, they get the Lions, who yeah, they've kind of been on a tear this year. They've been a little dangerous here, scoring points. But Minnesota's an option. And Chicago is 4% rostered versus Houston. I like them because they're the home team. They actually, even with the Packers getting Elgin Jenkins back, a huge addition for their offensive line, the Bears definitely got to Aaron Rodgers several times here, enough to make me a little bit un- uh, uncomfortable here. So the Bears can at least get home, and this is Davis Mills and the Texans after all. And Payne mentioned uh, the Eagles at 33% versus Washington. I'm I'm not quite sure I'm with that because of what we talked about Carson Wentz and his weapons before. Any of those options stand out for you as a streamer here, or uh, you want to go off the board for that? Yeah, you hit all the, the you played all the hits there, and the one that I know that nobody's going to be looking at, and you know, I don't want to say nobody, but most, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have been good for fantasy, and they're playing Geno Smith and mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. So if uh, you're in, if you like playing DFS, they're going to be priced down a little bit. I'm sure I haven't looked at the oh, pricing yeah. yet. Uh, and like I said, you know, they're not a great team, uh, but they've been all right for fantasy. I know a little bit of that is like pick six luck, but who better to get a pick six against than Geno Smith? Yeah, yeah, I see that, and, and and I feel you there. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up. We went, ended up going just a little bit over an hour today, so thanks again uh, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Huge thanks to Alan Sislowski, my guest, helping me fill in, get this show out there for you guys, filling in for Joe. Hopefully, Joe's feeling a little bit better next week, but uh, can I, uh, I'll can always I say- be happy to do this for you with you anytime the rest of the year. Yeah, right. I just want to give you your you know your proper due here. Now, you know, if anyone is eating their breakfast, you, you might get sick because I'm about to be give uh jake a lot of uh you know praise right here and if you don't like praise between podcasting partners this isn't for you but jake you're doing a great job i watch you and joe every week it's it's fun to sit in here with you and talk to the people um and you know because you guys really take this waiver wire podcast seriously you give not just give all the information i you guys give real actionable intel so anyone that's seeing this video for the first time Consider subscribing to the channel. This is must-see. Uh, there's a lot of waiver wire options out there. Jake and Joe give you the actionable intel every week. Uh, this is my literally only appointment podcast for waiver wire. Thank you so much, Alan. I really do appreciate that uh, that you appreciate our hard work because we want to we want to bring the best uh, that we can to you guys out there listening, give you all the options for all the different kind of leagues, be comprehensive. And I really appreciate that uh, you're recognizing that. And uh, yeah, well, just once again, go ahead. One more thing, one more thing. And by the way, if you love content like this, also consider subscribing over at Rotowire. We have all of our premium podcast articles and you can want to get behind the paywall and see all of like the defensive rankings, all the articles that Jake mm-hmm. was talking about before. You could do it for free. Two days, two days, Jake. All they need to do is go to rotowire.com forward slash try and just put in your email. There's no credit card. There's nothing to cancel. You just get in there and the paywall unlocks for two days. Yeah, absolutely. We have so many great writers across the site. In addition to you know our great media and video hosts like Alan over here. I mean, Kevin Payne's doing the waiver wire every week. Jerry has his, his backfield breakdown, defense streamers. There's just so much useful content that I can't help but relay 
uh, on this show sometimes. It's it's a key part of my prep for this show as it's put in a very easily digestible manner there. So, uh, man, I love doing all those plugs. I think that's about it for the plugs. Um, thanks again uh, for listening. You know, rate and review the pod if you can. Smash that like button and subscribe. And uh, thanks again for joining me today, Al. Good luck in your leagues. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.